Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Hi. Welcome to the Christmas Time in the City podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Chris. Before we get started, be sure to follow us on social media. We're Christmas Time in the City podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and at Xmas in City Pod on Twitter. Also, feel free to email any questions or comments to us at Christmas Time in the City Podcast at gmail.com. So we've moved on. The holidays are over. Now we're taking on the other holidays as they come. The next holiday up is. St. Patrick's Day. No, it's your birthday. Oh, my birthday, which is the day before St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. I just noticed you were wearing a St. Patrick's Day lucky shirt. Yep, I've been wearing it all day long. <laughs> oh, I love it. It was perfect. So let's talk about let's it. Let's talk about the St. Patrick's Day parade. Hey, everyone. This is future Chris. At the time that we recorded this episode, the parade was still scheduled to happen. However, during the editing of this episode, the parade was unfortunately canceled over coronavirus fears. This marks the first time in its 258-year history that it won't be marching down the streets of New York City. We present this first segment to those interested in learning about that history, and to those interested in attending in the future. Okay, back to the episode. The St. Patrick's Day Parade is one of New York City's greatest traditions. They say, on St. Patrick's Day, everyone is Irish in the Big Apple. The parade marched for the first time on March 17, 1762, 14 years before the Declaration of Independence was adopted. And today, it's the largest parade in the world. This annual parade has been held for the past 258 years in honor of the patron saint of Ireland and the Archdiocese of New York. The parade is reviewed from the steps of St. Patrick's Cathedral by His Eminence, Timothy Cardinal Dolan, Archbishop of New York, in the same manner as the Archbishop of New York did in the early days of the parade at the old St. Patrick's Cathedral in Lower Manhattan before the new St. Patrick's was built on Fifth Avenue. Often regarded as the most popular parade in New York City, the parade is the largest and most famous of the many parades held in the city each year. The parade starts at 44th Street at 11 a.m. and is held every March 17th, except when March 17th falls on a Sunday. It is celebrated the day before, Saturday the 16th, my birthday, because of religious observances. The parade marches up Fifth Avenue past St. Patrick's Cathedral at 50th Street all the way up 79th Street, where the parade finishes around 4.30, 5 p.m. To this day, the St. Patrick's Day Parade remains true to its roots as a true marcher's parade by not allowing floats, automobiles, or other commercial aspects in the parade. Each year, the parade committee hosts the 150 to 250,000 marchers, along with many great bands, bagpipes, high school bands, and the ever-present politician in front of the approximately 2 million spectators lining Fifth Avenue. The parade is televised for four hours on WMBC Channel 4 to over half a million households and has web streamed live for the first time in 2008. Today, the coverage has expanded to seven additional internet-based platforms and can easily be viewed on mobile devices. The first St. Patrick's Day Parade in New York was held on Lower Broadway in 1762 by a band of homesick expatriates and Irish military serving the British Army stationed in the American colonies in New York City. This was a time when wearing green was a sign of Irish pride and was banned in Ireland. The parade participants reveled in the freedom to speak Irish, wear green, sing Irish songs, and play the pipes to Irish tunes that were very meaningful to the Irish immigrants who had fled their homeland. For the first few years of its existence, the parade was organized by military units. 
After the War of 1812, the Irish Fraternal and Benevolent Societies took over the duties of hosting and sponsoring the event. Originally, the Irish societies joined together at their respective meeting places and moved into a procession towards Old St. Patrick's Cathedral in Lower Manhattan on Mountain Prince Streets, where the Archbishop of New York would then address the crowd before revelers dispersed to celebrate. Around 1851, the individual societies merged under a single grand marshal, and the sides of the parade grew sharply. This is when the Irish 69th Regiment began to lead the marchers, and the ancient order of Hibernians became the official sponsor. In the early 90s, the parade was attacked for its traditional values, and in the resulting lawsuits, the organizers' rights were upheld all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. In 1992, the National AOH directed all AOH organizations to form separate corporations to run events such as parades. The parade is run today by members of the AOH under a separate corporation, St. Patrick's Day Parade, Inc. Since the first parade 258 years ago, the parade is still escorted by a unit of soldiers, and for the past 165 years, the Irish Infantry National Guard 69th Regiment have led the parade up Fifth Avenue, and they are followed by the various Irish societies of the city. The 32 Irish County Societies and various schools, colleges, Emerald Societies, Irish Language, and Nationalist Societies. The 2002 parade was dedicated to the heroes of 9-11 honoring the police, fire, and all rescue workers. At midday, the entire parade paused for two minutes. The parade at that time stretched one and a half miles, and the entire parade turned around and faced the south towards the Twin Towers as the Cardinal said a prayer for all the victims of 9-11. This was the first time in history in this city that never sleeps one could hear a pin drop on Fifth Avenue, a fitting tribute to the men and women who lost their lives on that fateful day in 2001. The 2002 parade was the largest parade to date with an estimated 300,000 marchers and 3 million spectators lining Fifth Avenue. This was the first time in history a president of Ireland reviewed a St. Patrick's Day parade outside of Ireland on March 17th. It's that time again. We've scoured the internet for news, and we've got some. So here it comes. It's time for the news. So here's our first article. New York City had one of its least snowy winters on record, um, which is no surprise to us because we've been waiting all winter. All winter to in- introduce our newborn child to snow. <laughs> yeah, um, and it didn't. It didn't, it didn't happen. really happen. It flurried a couple times, but mm-hmm. it didn't stick. There was a couple like if it stuck, it was for maybe like an hour, and it was gone by the time the sun was up. Like yeah. it was just. It was a bit of a bummer. No um, snow. Yeah, no snow this winter. It tied its uh, second smallest snow total on record for this winter. Yeah, so that's a bummer. This is uh, There was only a trace of snow in Central Park last month in February, which is basically the only, only the sixth time the park had no measurable snow in February since the records had begun in 1868. So only six times since then, and this is one of them. So womp womp. Maybe next year. Yeah, this article has, I mean, obviously people were bummed about it like us, and most of them are people with kids. One, one little thing on there, it was kind of sad, is said that um, this little girl got a sled last year to be able to use, and she was so excited to be able to use it for the first time this winter. <laughs> and she's just been like practicing sledding and stuff in their backyard, and she hasn't gotten to sled. I was like, oh, it's so sad. Then other people say it's a good thing, you know, there are people that don't do well on the ice or the snow and they can slip, so it's kind of been good for people that would have an issue out there. And I know people at my work 
that have houses in other areas they shovel like in jersey and stuff like that so mm -hmm. they were they're happy they didn't have to shovel snow this winter oh good for them <laughs> yeah meanwhile we're bummed because we can't go sledding in the well park. we're not the one <laughs> shoveling the snow it's the super that's true here shout out to gilberto yes thank you gilberto for all the work you do out there so yeah i mean we uh we went somewhere to find snow so I feel like I got, we got our taste of winter. It's just a bummer that it wasn't here. I didn't get like snow days from work. Yeah, we had, to, we had to travel fun. out to snow. Yeah. That's the way it goes sometimes. What mm -hmm. else is in the news? I don't think you're ready for this one. This is about Salt Bay. Salt Bay. Salt Bay. So Salt Bay Burger is the worst restaurant in New York City right now. So I, if, I don't see how that's possible. Well, let's talk. So you obviously know who Salt Bay is. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, I follow him on social media. Yeah, so if you don't know, his name is Nusret. He's a chef and a butcher from Turkey, and he became famous in 2017 for bouncing the flakes of salt off his forearm onto other people's food. Yeah, filtering salt through his arm hairs onto mm -hmm. undercooked steaks. Yeah. <laughs> so for some reason, millions of Instagram followers found it charming, and it earned him the handle of Salt Bay. So that's who he is. And he basically took that fame and ran with it. And he opened up an international chain of over a dozen like steakhouses and burger restaurants. And the most recent one opened near Union Square a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I saw him on his motorized scooter <laughs> scooting to work on his Instagram story. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. So this article goes into what it looks like in there. And it just sounds really over the top, very much trying to capitalize on the whole salt bay instagram situation like pictures of him all through the restaurant mm -hmm. large everything's really large and it, it just sounds really interesting but as it goes on it starts to talk about the food and so obviously the food's terrible it says that it's like worse than hospital food which i don't understand that but i've had some pretty good hospital food lately oh well yeah i'm not gonna lie when when we're in there for uh we the had baby. the baby <laughs> i was pretty psyched because hospital food has stepped it up lately but still if you're paying this amount of money and it's worse than that like whatever but the thing that i thought was funny there were there's a veggie burger and it's called free for ladies <laughs> it's a free for ladies <laughs> veggie burger <laughs> but if you're not a lady you have to pay 14.50 for it <laughs> this is why i like this guy <laughs> <laughs> it is too you know? crazy Oh my gosh. Very cool. Apparently it tasted like old broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> it was garnished with um, a pathetic slice of wilted iceberg lettuce that was browning at the edges. Oh gosh. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> this is the homemade pink bun as well. Oh no. It had a pink it bun. It a pink bun. This is like the worst burger I've ever heard of. I can't. I like the idea that he probably at one point was like, you know, it would be really good for my image. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta reach out to the female audience. Oh, what a feminist, right? Really, yeah, uh, progressive. All, all the marks there. Oh gosh, I can't. All right, moving on with that. So worse than that was the wet burger, which apparently is a popular uh, snack in Turkey. So everywhere else, it's kind of described as like a sloppy Joe. Uh, but this version is actually a meager disc of meat sitting with a soggy, unpleasant sweet bun. It's really tiny. It's like a single bite. <laughs> yeah. And then there's obviously like his Salt Bay Burger, um, which is the Wagyu meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 
I can't. It has oozy toppings designed for Instagram, and it comes like sliced in half already. For... I imagine the entire place comes designed for Instagram. That's true. I'm sure it's just like where you go to do that. So It'd be funny if there was no cell service in the restaurant. Yeah, there's one that's covered in a gold leaf. Like, so obviously that's for Instagram because you're not. No one really wants to eat a gold leaf. Well, you've never eaten gold leaf before, so. <laughs> so yeah, it's basically. Uh, don't eat there unless you just want to go take pictures for Instagram. I wasn't planning on it. Great. Me neither. Awesome. Okay. And now it's time for my favorite intro. <laughs> Gosh. You've got listener mail. So we've got a bunch of stuff to do. So we'll just do one question for today. And that one is, when do the Christmas lights go up in the city and when do they come down? Mm, good question. Good question. Important if you plan it, if you're planning on visiting the city for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And the answer is whenever people feel like putting them up. Usually, <laughs> yeah. it's socially acceptable, I think, to put things up after Thanksgiving. I was going to say mm-hmm. Halloween. Oh. I guess Thanksgiving makes more yeah. sense. It starts th- to go up a little before that, but yeah, like sure. after that, that's when you see the bulk of it just go right up. Yeah, and so it, like it, it runs. I would say through that time. All the mm-hmm. way up until maybe the end of January at the very latest, mm-hmm. and then it all kind of gets taken down. Like some of like some more of the um, ice skating rinks and more winter activities end up staying up until the end of the winter. But yeah, the lights and stuff usually are down pretty early, and then it's kind of back to normal. Yeah, but it's still fun. The winter time in New York is also enjoyable, so don't count it out. Yeah, absolutely. We wanted to take a minute to read a review we got recently. We've been getting a lot of reviews lately, so thank you for that, everybody. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. Uh, This one is from April on Apple Podcasts. Uh, She said, New York City is amazing during the holidays, but the city can feel overwhelming if you're not familiar with it. This podcast gives a great to-the-point breakdown of the history and the how-tos of the city, not just during Christmas. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, so thank you very much for that. We'll get a few stickers and a thank you note in the mail soon to you. Yeah, that's all you have to do. If you want some stickers, rate us on a thing that you rate podcasts and let us know. You might have to send us a screenshot so we can verify if it's a different region where we may not have access to those reviews. And then we'll get you some stickers. Yeah, who doesn't like a sticker? Yeah, (laughs) stickers are great. Uh, Speaking of stickers and giveaways and all that fun stuff. Yeah. If you're following us on Facebook, you know we're doing uh, monthly giveaways. And this month's prize was a Christmas Time in the City podcast mug and a sticker pack. Uh, It's time to announce the winner. Drumroll, please. Do I have to do a (laughs) drumroll? I'll add a real drumroll right here. The winner is... Casey Carroll, winner of the mug and the sticker set. We did it totally at random. We have a little app that I got. It's a free app, so there are ads. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not going to spend money on an app just to tell me random people's names. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations, Casey. I will get in touch with you soon. And we will discuss where we're going to send this mug and stickers to. So thank you for that. Also, I think it's worth mentioning, uh, a lot of people have reached out to us about our Facebook exclusive giveaways and are not super excited about it. 
<laughs> Some people yeah. do not mess with Facebook, but they do mess with Instagram, which is basically 100% the same thing. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. That's fine. So we are probably, I think next month or the month after, we'll have another giveaway that we may do on Instagram. And believe me when I say, it's going to be totally awesome. <laughs> I wonder what it is. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. <laughs> It's fine. Uh, it's really funny. Anyway, that's about it for this episode. This podcast was recorded in our apartment in the Big Apple, New York City. If you like the podcast, do us a favor and take a minute to rate it and write a review. Contact us and let us know you did, and we'll send you a couple stickers. So subscribe now and follow us on social media so we can keep the conversation going and keep you posted about new episodes. Until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Chris. And this is Christmas Time in the City.